Hi, this is Pastor David Cooper. Thank you for joining my podcast. I pray that the Word of God will be a blessing to you. I also want to ask you to share the podcast with others. Together, we can make an impact in people's lives as we introduce them to the Word of God. Thank you for your partnership and ministry of the Mount Perrin family and our outreach. I pray that the Word of God will be a blessing to you today. Today, I want to talk to you about grateful hearts. One night, the famous biblical scholar and commentator, Matthew Henry, was robbed. He arrived back home shaken by the incident. He regained his composure, and he paused to pray, and he wrote this prayer in his journal. Father, I thank you, first of all, that I was never robbed before. I thank you, second of all, that although they took my money, they didn't take my life. I thank you, third of all, because although they took all the money I had, it wasn't very much. Father, I thank you, finally, because it was I who was robbed and not I who robbed. The power of a grateful heart is stated so poignantly as Paul the Apostle writes under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. And everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Gratitude is so important, so powerful, that Paul says it should be continual in all things, in all circumstances, the good and the bad. In all things, in the midst of it, give thanks. Offer praise. For this is God's will for you. Thanksgiving is God's will. We tend to think God's will has to do with larger things and greater things. We seek for God's will. We pray for God's will. We ask for God's will. We get counsel on God's will. And here we find that When we give thanks in all things, we are doing God's will. When we pray, Lord, reveal your will, maybe sometimes he says, why don't you start with giving thanks? The power of a grateful heart, so powerful and important that it is the will of God. And when we're grateful, we are walking in the will of God. If you're looking for the will of God and searching for the will of God, here's a great starting point. Say, I'm going to live every day and in every circumstance, I'm going to give thanks to God because that's an act of faith. It's an act of obedience. It's an act of worship, living in the presence of God. And all through the scripture, we see this principle taught to God's people of the power of a grateful heart. In First Chronicles 16 and 8, the psalmist says, give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. In Psalm 107, verse 22, we read, Let them sacrifice thank offerings to the Lord and tell of his works with songs of joy. When the multitude heard Jesus teach that day and had been with him, and they were hungry, and the disciples said, Send the crowds away so they can get something to eat. And Jesus said, You give them something to eat. They found a small lunch, five loaves and two fish, and they brought it to Jesus. And how did he do that miracle? 
Matthew 14, verse 19, Jesus took the loaves and gave thanks and broke the loaves and gave it to his disciples, and they fed the people. The miracle flowed out of gratitude. And when he sat that night with the traditional Passover meal, knowing the cross was before him, how did he prepare for the cross? Matthew chapter 26, verse 26 through 28, Jesus took bread and gave thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And after supper, he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for many for the forgiveness of your sins. Jesus went to the cross with a grateful heart. Matthew 26, verse 30 says, when they sang a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. He walked to the cross with gratitude in his heart to God. We call Holy Communion the Eucharist because Jesus gave thanks. That's the Greek word for thanksgiving, for the grace of God. Gratitude not only brought a miracle for the multitude, gratitude brought our Savior to the cross and provided redemption for the world. And Paul says in Colossians 3.17, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And we look at this world today, and people are so focused on politics and the movements of nations, and rightly so. But we need to be reminded that we have a greater politician we serve, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We also need to be reminded that we all share a common citizenship, no matter where you're from or where you're watching today, somewhere around the world. The Bible says our citizenship is in heaven. And the writer of Hebrews reminds us that when we find ourselves in the turmoil of the world to remember a greater reality. In Hebrews 12 and 28, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. And then he says in Hebrews 13 and 15, let us offer unto our God continually the sacrifice of praise. Sometimes it's difficult, but it's a sacrifice. But he says, let us offer unto our God continually the sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips that give thanks unto his name. And maybe the psalmist explained to us and expressed the heart of gratitude the best in the great 100th Psalm, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all your lands, serve the Lord with gladness, come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God, it is he that has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And the scripture says in everything, in everything, give thanks. We live every day in a negative world. We're bombarded with negative words and language and people are upset and they're mad and they complain and there's a lot of negativism around us. Reminds me of a man that joined a very strict monastic order. He went to a monastery, but he had to take a one-year vow of silence 
And at the end of every month, he could come to the head of the monastery and he was given two words. And so he finished his first month of training, complete vow of silence, went to the head of the monastery and he said, hard bed. He finished his second month and came back to the head of the monastery and he said, cold food. He made through a third month of complete silence, came to the head of the monastery and said, I quit. And the head of the monastery said, well, good, you've done nothing but complain since you got here. Why is giving thanks in all things God's will? First of all, because gratitude brings out the best in you. The will of God is to conform you to the image of Jesus. And the pathway to that conformity is a life of gratitude. Cicero, the Roman poet, said, gratitude is not only the greatest of all virtues, it is the parent of all virtues. As parents, we intuitively understand this. The first virtue that we teach our children is to say, thank you. We don't teach them to say, I love you. We know they'll do that on their own. We intuitively know that an ungrateful child will grow up to become rebellious, spoiled, selfish, ungrateful, and entitled. The anger, the rebellion, the immaturity, the self-centeredness is created at an early age with the absence of the virtue of gratitude. And he said, this is God's will. Because if you cultivate this virtue, it's going to bring other virtues with it. A positive attitude, a generous heart, appreciation for everything you enjoy in this life, hard work, concern for others. You see, gratitude brings out the best in us. Complaint diminishes us, but gratitude develops us. When we complain all the time, we diminish our character. We reduce our character. We move further and further away from the image of Christ in us. But when we in all things give thanks, we grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and our lives take on a profound and powerful influence of grace upon others. Complaint diminishes us, and that's why Paul tells us in Philippians chapter 2, verse 14 through 16, do everything without complaining or arguing. Can you believe that's in the Bible? We need to put that on a card and just put it under a magnet on the refrigerator so everybody sees it in the morning. Do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you hold forth the word of life. He says the impact of your life holding out the word of God. He says, you'll shine like a star in the universe in Philippians 2 and 16. If you do everything without complaining or arguing, then you'll be blameless and pure, children of God, making an impact in the world. And gratitude develops us. The more grateful we are, the more we'll grow in grace and knowledge. And everyone here is interested in growing spiritually. 
We want to put off the old self. We want to put on the new self. Here's an easy pathway. Just start living every day with more praise, more gratitude, more thanksgiving to God, and watch the grace that'll flow out of your life when you do. You see, Paul connects gratitude with spiritual growth. In Colossians 2, verse 6 and 7, he says, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, and if you've not received him, I want to pause right now and say that you need to receive Christ as your Savior. That's the beginning point of life when Jesus becomes Lord of your life. And with that simple faith that puts you, receive Jesus. He said, just as you receive Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him. Isn't that why we're here today on the Lord's Day? We want to continue to live in him. Isn't that why we pray and study the word of God and share together with one another? Don't we want to continue in the faith that God's given us? Continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Rooted and built up in Christ, strengthened in your faith and overflowing with thankfulness. There should be so much gratitude in our hearts that it's flowing out. There's so much in us that there's an overflow. Not just a heart filled with gratitude, but a heart that's so full, it overflows. One of the most remarkable moments in Jesus' life, a story only told by Luke in his gospel, chapter 17, verse 11 through 19, toward the end of his ministry, and he was going to a village. He was up near where he grew up in Galilee on the border of Samaria, where he had met the woman at the well earlier in his ministry. It made an impact in those Samaritan villages. And he was coming to a village, and before he got in the village, there were 10 lepers on the side of the road who saw him. Luke says they stood at a distance because they had leprosy, this variety of different skin diseases, and they, they lived outside of that village, isolated in a community. And they saw him coming, and they said, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest. And the Bible says, as they went, they were cleansed. And one leper noticed that he'd been healed. So he returned and shouted praises to God. He fell at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And Jesus said, we're not all ten cleansed, and only one has returned to give praise to God, and this man a foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and be healed. So many leprous touched that day, so many cleansed. And yet this man returned to give thanks. And the greatest experience of his life was not his healing. It was the transformation of his heart to make him a man of gratitude. I conducted a Bible study one morning, a breakfast Bible study, and it was a men's group. And Afterwards, I was just greeting some of the guys, and I said to one man, and how are you doing today? And he said, well, not well. He said, yeah, I just lost my job a couple of weeks ago. And he, he said, I've been so upset and angry about it. Felt I was mistreated and said, I've been kind of frightened about what's going to happen in my career. He said, I, I came to this Bible study in the worst possible attitude. But now that we spent some time worshiping and hearing the word of God, he said, I'm leaving a different man. He said, I came in complaining about what I had lost. And today I'm going to leave being thankful for what I have left. See, gratitude will bring out the best in you. 
And it's the will of God because it brings out the best in others. Gratitude is not just a gift we give to God and praise him for his blessings. It is a gift we give to others. And when we are grateful for others and we express our gratitude and we give them compliments and praise, it brings out the best in them. People grow in an attitude where they're encouraged, when they're blessed, when they're thankful for the work that they're doing. It's interesting that this letter of 1 Thessalonians begins with Paul thanking them for their ministry. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3, he said, we thank God for all of you, always, mentioning you in our prayers. We continually remember before our God and Father, your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 7, he says, you became a model to all the believers. In verse 8, he says, the message of the Lord rang out from you. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. Here's a church that had work produced by faith, labor prompted by love, endurance inspired by hope. Great churches aren't built merely on attendance. They're built on activity, work, and labor, and endurance because of the love and the hope and the faith that we share. And I want to commend you today for your work of faith, your labor of love, your endurance inspired by hope. And I want to thank you today for your amazing partnership and support and dedication to the work of the Lord that God has given us to do in this city and around the world. You see, when we thank people, we bring out the best in them. And Paul praised this church. He honored them. He blessed them. And they became a model to other believers. The Lord's message rang out from you. They became a witness. Their faith in God was known everywhere. A powerful church, a positive church, because they had someone who thanked them and encouraged them. And this is the great secret to parenting. I don't know a lot about parenting, but one thing I know, kids grow better with gratitude. And the Bible says in Ephesians 6 and 4, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Bring them up. That's the secret to leadership. It's the secret to your business. It's the secret to your family. It's the secret to your marriage. And never get in the business of putting them down. People are so turned off today by the mood of our day because we hear people putting other people down constantly. And yet the Christian way is a greater way. It is a higher way. If you want a better marriage, bring your husband up. Bring your wife up. If you want a more peaceful family, bring your children up. Bring your parents up. Bring your brothers and sisters up. If you want a great church, bring one another up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. If you want your business to prosper, bring your employees up. Bring your employer up. Let us pause every day to be grateful for the people that God has given to us and make a ministry commitment to bring people up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. And one of the most powerful ways of doing it is to just say thank you. To give them a compliment. And don't use the compliment as a prelude to a criticism. You know people like that? You know they're setting you up. 
Can I tell you something about yourself? You think, what's coming next? And they'll say something nice, and then they'll say, but, and you kind of want to leave the room, and the compliment was enough, right? Mark Twain said, I can live two months on a single compliment. I can't make it that long. Anybody else? I need a little more attention. How about you? Compliments are powerful. I love you. You look great today. You're doing a great job. Appreciate our friendship. To not let things go overlooked, unnoticed. In everything, give thanks not only to God, but to one another. I want you right now in the sanctuary to tell somebody thank you. And those of you online, I want you to tell somebody home right now, just tell them thank you. Don't let things go unnoticed. We give the gift, we forget to say thank you. Someone says something, we forget to say thank you. The greatest virtue is gratitude. It creates all the other virtues. I was in a restaurant not too long ago by myself. I was writing a book and sitting in a private booth. It was very crowded at night. I was just in the middle of writing, focused on what I was doing, and a woman passed by. I didn't see her at first. And she dropped a note on my table and just walked on by. It's one of the most meaningful notes I've ever received in my life of my ministry and our ministry and how it changed her life. Ten years ago, she said, she came here. And her life was dramatically changed that day. I still keep that note. See, it motivates me. Encouragement motivates people to do more, to do better, to rise higher. When we praise our kids and celebrate our kids, when we praise each other, it motivates us. And that's why it brings the best out of others. And finally, praise and gratitude Brings your best to God. See, the greatest prayer is not intercessory prayer, as important as it is. The greatest prayer is not warfare prayer, as great as that is. The greatest prayer is not confession of sin and transparency, as important as that is. The greatest prayer is a prayer of gratitude. They say, Lord, I came to praise you today. I came to bless you. I came to say thank you for your goodness and blessings to me. You see, a grateful heart is a person who recognizes that everything in life is a gift from God. There aren't really coincidences. You're not really getting lucky. You realize everything you enjoy in life is a blessing from God, and it turns our hearts to this perpetual praise to the Lord. Jesus talked about this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 through 45, when he talked about two groups of people. And he said, you've heard it was said, love your neighbor but hate your enemy. But I tell you to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons and daughters of your Father in heaven who causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. 
And God's grace, God's blessings come on everyone. Whether you're evil or good, you're blessed. Whether you're righteous or unrighteous, you're blessed. The only difference is one group of people recognize where the blessings come from, and they pause to give God praise. The other people live on the blessings with ungrateful hearts because they think they just got lucky. They think it's just some coincidence. They think they were born in the right family. No, everything you enjoy in this life is a blessing from God. And when you begin to realize that, it causes a fountain of praise to be opened up in your soul. So you're always looking for the blessings of God. And you're just pausing to say, Lord, I thank you for that opportunity. I thank you for that blessing. I thank you for that open door. Lord, I know that didn't just automatically happen on its own. You're looking out for me. Paul says in Ephesians 1 and 3, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And James 1 and 17 says, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning. Give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name today. Let us proclaim among the nations what the Lord has done. God is worthy of our praise. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all of your iniquities, who heals all of your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your soul with good things so that your strength is renewed like the eagles. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Let's give him praise today and honor the Lord. See, praise brings out the best worship to God. I'm going to close with a story I read about a pastor who wrote an article of his experience some years ago in the little island of Tobago off the coast of Trinidad. And I've been on that island. And they were there for a short-term mission trip with this church. And they visited a leper colony. And these people that were living in such dire conditions at the end of that service they had with that small group of people, they gave an opportunity for anyone to request a favorite song. And he records this story in an article he wrote. There was a woman standing at the back of the room and never even faced the stage. And suddenly she turned around. He said it was the most frightening image he'd ever seen of a human being. The skin disease had completely destroyed her nose, parts of her lips. She was a ghastly figure. He was stunned when he saw her face. And she raised her hand and some of her fingers were gone because of the disease. And she said, could you please sing that song? Count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. And they started singing. He left. He went out and just wept. And one of the members of the team came and checked on him and said, Pastor, I bet you'll never sing that song again. He said, yes, I will, but I'll never sing it the same way. Thank you for joining me today as we've shared together the Word of God. Let me ask you to download the Mount Perrin Church app today so that we can stay connected and you can see all the great services and resources available for you and your family. Follow me on social media and also the Mount Perrin Church family. I look forward to seeing you in church to worship on campus and online. God bless you. Have an incredible day.